Welcome to Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I'm Heidi, certified hypnotist and mindset coach, and in this podcast, I'm breaking down my secret code for midlife success. Are you trying to overcome people-pleasing behaviors, navigating divorce, living in debilitating self-doubt, or something else keeping you stuck? You're in the right place. I know that you're ready to get to the next level of your life feeling happy and fulfilled, so let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I'm super excited you're here. I got an email from a listener and client the other day, and she said, So I just listened to that episode, brought tears to my eyes. I don't even know the real me anymore. Thank you for helping me find myself again. Her message brought tears to my eyes. I love being able to share my wisdom and life experiences with you in this way, and I thank you for spending some of your time listening and supporting me. I know you have a choice for how you spend your time, and I want to thank you for spending some of it with me. If something resonates with you in this or any episode, shoot me a message or put it in the review of this episode. Not only do I love knowing how I've impacted you, but I also want to know what topics are hitting home. Now, on with the show. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Perception is a mirror, not a fact. And what I look on is my state of mind reflected outwards. Most people believe that our circumstances and events create what we think and how we feel, and therefore we want to change things or people so that we feel better. Many, many years ago in the 90s, I decided to become scuba certified. I was a lifeguard in high school, and I love the water. Plus, I was a huge fan of Jacques Cousteau growing up. I thought the underwater world was so fascinating with the sea life and colorful fish. It all seemed so exotic and almost unrealistic to me, probably because I grew up in the landlocked state of Iowa in a town of 1,700 people. I never imagined that I would ever experience that underwater world that was so foreign to me. To become scuba certified means you spend a lot of hours at a swimming pool learning all about the equipment, weight belts, breathing and safety techniques, buddy breathing, etc. Everything you have to do before you take your final dives in open water. All of the classroom hours and training, except for one dive at a 50-degree lake so murky and brown I couldn't see my hand just below the surface, and that's a story for another day. All the training was done in a 13-foot deep pool that felt just a little bit bigger than a hot tub. This is important to note. No waves, no current, nothing too scary that couldn't be eliminated 13 feet up at the surface. The company we trained with had a final open water checkout dive option off the coast of San Diego. They showed us videos of what we would experience there, and it was nothing like the underwater world I had been imagining. Plus, they said we would have to wear heavy wetsuits as the ocean would be cold. I love water, but I hate being cold, and I wasn't becoming scuba certified to be in limited visibility water with not much sea life and be cold. Side note, I get cold very easily. I can be cold in temperatures where everyone else is stripping off clothes in order to cool down. 
So I went against the company's advice and booked a trip to the Grand Bahama Island. We were warned to not let the dive company there on the island take us more than 30 feet underwater during our first dives. Why am I telling you this story? Because the experience I had on my first dive in the Caribbean is a great example of what happens when we rely heavily on external factors or people to make us feel okay about ourselves. That's what we're talking about in today's episode, the need for approval from external sources. Keep listening as I'll share what happened to me on that ocean dive. Ready? Let's dive in. Pun intended. What makes us seek external validation? The truth is we all want approval and to belong. We want people to encourage us and celebrate with us when we have a big win, like getting that job we wanted or having a breakthrough or even completing a project we've been putting off. Where we get ourselves in trouble is when we depend on external circumstances or people to be different than they are before we'll be okay. When does it go too far? How do we know when wanting others' support and approval becomes an unhealthy amount? I've been told you all like lists, so here are 11 ways to know when you're seeking too much external validation. You can't make a decision without getting opinions from other people. You make a decision, but then second-guess and ruminate on it for hours or days. You think you're responsible for how others feel or react, meaning you think you actually make them mad or happy or any other feeling or reaction they have. And vice versa, you let how others feel impact how you feel. You say yes when you really want to say no and feel guilty when you do say no. Number six, you're exhausted from having a to-do list a mile long. You have comparisonitis, comparing yourself to others to see how you measure up and then feeling a sense of lack. You overachieve in order to try and receive praise. You get highly emotional or reactive when criticized. You change your opinions or beliefs to go along with the crowd. And number 11, you worry a lot about what others think of you. How many of these are true for you? It's important to remember that seeking some validation is normal. It's in our social nature to want to be accepted and belong to a group, Wanting to belong is wired into our DNA. Thousands of years ago, if you didn't belong, you didn't survive. So the need to be accepted is in our blood. We've evolved a bit since those caveman, cavewoman days, but our natural instinct is still survival. We no longer need to rely on others for true survival, and some might disagree with that. But sometimes our subconscious minds make us think we do. This most likely is conditioning from childhood if you felt you had to compete for or seek attention. Maybe you felt invisible or unheard as a child. Maybe you felt you had to be perfect in order to be accepted. And so you learned to act in certain ways to get that validation and acceptance. As an adult, if it's become difficult to take action without approval from others or it interferes with your daily functioning— This is where the real work begins. Esther Hicks says, The greatest thing you can give yourself is freedom from what others think. 
What's the one way to get that freedom and feel amazing about yourself without needing approval from others? I'll tell you that after a short 60-second break. Don't go away. Do you feel like you've lived your whole life for others and now you don't know the real you? Does it seem like your wants and needs don't matter? Like you're not important? If you're saying yes, I hear you, I see you, and I've created something just for you. It's called Me First, and it's a community where you'll learn to prioritize your needs and desires, gain confidence and a strong sense of who you are. Say no without guilt and create a life that feels good in your heart without concern about judgment from others. As a member of the Me First community, you'll be among like-minded women all on a journey of self-discovery, and you'll find understanding, friendship, and unwavering support. You'll have guidance through expert-led discussions, guest speakers, and personal coaching. Plus, you'll build a toolkit of resources to help you conquer people-pleasing, critical self-talk, shame, resentment, and more so that you have the freedom to prioritize yourself and live life by your parameters. Join the Me First community as a founding member for exclusive pricing. The program starts soon. Check the episode description for the link. It's time to prioritize you and truly believe that you are important too. Now back to the episode. Welcome back. What's the best way to give yourself freedom and feel amazing about yourself without relying on what others think? Trust your intuition. Remember when I said where we get ourselves into trouble is when we depend on external circumstances or people to change before we'll be okay? Let me tell you the rest of my scuba story, and I'll explain how it became an analogy for trusting myself and not relying on what's going on around me. So we get to the dive shop on the Grand Bahama Island early in the morning. All our equipment gets loaded in the boat, and my husband at the time, the dive master Michael, who will be certifying us, and a couple other guys hop in the boat, and off we go out into the Caribbean. I remember going quite a ways out, and I'm sure I was nervous along with excited. One of my fears was that when I jumped off the boat the first time, that my air tank would catch on the side of the boat and I would get injured before even starting. I was even afraid of this in the pool, so it had been on my mind a long time. I'm sure that that was on my mind as we headed out to sea. We got to the stopping place and got all our equipment on. This includes a weight belt so that you have enough weight to descend to the ocean floor, fins, mask, snorkel, and a 35 to 40 pound air tank. When practicing in the pool, aka a large hot tub, I was taught to put one hand on my mask and one hand on my weight belt when entering the water. I kind of envision it like a dance pose, not hold on to those things for dear life. I think my husband jumped in first, although it's really more like falling or stepping in because there's really no jumping with fins and an oversized monkey on your back. He's in the water and signals that he's good. Then it's my turn, and I am scared to death to take that step because, well, you know, catching that oversized monkey on the side of the boat thing. I was a little bit freaked out about that. I'm pretty sure my legs were already rubber from the weight I had on me and from the terror of what I was about to do. 
but this is what I wanted, so I put my hand over my mask and the other against my weight belt, just like I was taught, and jumped, or fell forward, or took a step. I don't remember. But just like that, I was in the water, and I did it without catching myself up. Big victory. I was so proud. However, upon entry, my mask and snorkel were ripped off my face, and I felt something hit my foot as it was leaving my body. Luckily, masks float for a bit, so I grabbed it. The dive master yelled at me to see if I had it and if I was missing anything else, and I told him that I felt something hit my foot and then realized it was my weight belt, which was already 70 feet down at the bottom of the sea. You know the worst part about that? It's not the humiliation when realizing the instructors meant to hold your weight belt, like grasp it and hold on to it. It's not that. The worst part is that you have to haul your ass up the boat ladder with your tank on so that you can be fitted with a new weight belt. I thought my legs were rubber before I entered the water. Now they are like wet, useless noodles. And I'm humiliated and embarrassed because I felt like I screwed up. I got refitted and then got my second chance to make up for my mishaps. With even more rubbery legs, I got myself to the edge of the boat and stepped off the boat again, and this time I held tight to my mask and weight belt. I'm in the water, and I quickly realize part of the reason things got ripped off me the first time is because the water is super rough. I hadn't noticed it the first time because I was so focused on not getting caught up on the side of the boat. Even though it was a sunny day, the water was very choppy. So with the combination of the initial nerves and then having to drag my butt out of the water and do it all over again, now I was feeling some anxiety. Remember, I love water and I was a lifeguard but I was now in the rough water feeling very anxious about going under the water. I can feel the emotions and adrenaline pumping now just as I'm talking about it. I yelled to the dive master to give me a few seconds to calm down as I laid on my back in the water just trying to relax, trying to breathe. He gave me a few seconds and then started pressuring me to just put my mouthpiece in to start breathing tank air and work my way down the rope. I kept resisting him because I felt like I needed to calm down first while I was still above the water. We went back and forth a few times of him telling me just to go, get underwater, and me telling him I just wanted to calm down first. All of this seemed like minutes of us yelling at each other over the sound of the waves. Finally, I let go of my resistance, partially because I thought he might just leave me in the boat and I'd never get certified. I put my mouthpiece in, started breathing tank air, grabbed the rope, and started pulling myself under the surface. It gets me choked up now. I was maybe three feet under the water when I realized why he had been so insistent that I just start down the rope. It was so extremely calm the moment I got fully under the surface. And... There were the most colorful fish all around me. I never really believed that they were real until I was seeing them with my own eyes. I was instantly mesmerized and suddenly extremely calm. I was amazed at how calm everything suddenly became 
when I let go and trusted. This experience is my analogy for trusting myself and to stop looking to the external world to validate me. The water being so rough at the surface equates to everything the world throws at us. Sometimes it feels like daily, right? We can stay in that place and fight it, saying, look what the world is doing to me. When we stay in this place of wanting external things to change in order for us to feel better, we become the victim of those things because we give up our power. This is what we do when we look outside ourselves for approval and validation. We become powerless to other people's thoughts and opinions. But as soon as I got under the surface of the water, everything was calm and beautiful. This equates to going inside myself, being my own source and trusting my intuition. Now don't confuse intuition with instinct. My instinct at the surface of the water was to continue to try to calm myself or even possibly give up. My instinct was to survive. Intuition is completely different. Andrea Matthews, who wrote the book, Letting Go of Good, Dispel the Myth of Goodness to Find Your Genuine Self, writes in that book about intuition. She says that intuition is a gentle knowing that comes to us without having any data to help us get to that knowing. It knows what it knows without needing to know, without observing to know, or without proving to know. Yet what it knows is right on the money every time. As part of our psycho-spiritual makeup, it simply cannot lie to us. I love how she explains intuition that way. So when we look to the external world, we're in our heads. We're thinking about what might be going on. That's like me staying above the water trying to figure out what to do or waiting for the water to calm down. That would have been a long wait, and I don't think the dive master had that much time. Intuition sees things that we can't see when we're observing and trying so hard to figure things out. If I hadn't trusted and let go of the circumstances that day, I would have never experienced the underwater world 70 feet down with all the colorful fish, huge sea turtles, and Caribbean reef sharks swimming all around us. It was so amazing and unforgettable. If you struggle with trusting yourself and your intuition, I invite you to become a part of the Me First community. Trusting yourself and your intuition is what we're diving into the month of September. If you're called to this, I'd love to have you be part of the group and the conversation. The link that has all the details about the community is in the description along with my email address. I'll close with this quote, which I think I've maybe used before, but I love it so much and it fits today's episode perfectly. This quote is by Anna Quinlan. I read and walked for miles at night along the beach searching endlessly for someone wonderful who would step out of the darkness and change my life. It never crossed my mind that that person could be me. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for spending time with me today. To continue on your journey of mastering midlife, 
click the link in the description to download my free guide, 20 Ways to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. See you in the next episode.